This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Our Fair City is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by the company you depend upon for all of your greatest needs, Heart Life. These stories are true dramatizations from Our Fair City's glorious history. So listen and remember. Heart Life, all the life you'll ever need. It has been harder than you can know for your aging foster to hear these recordings. Precious listener, if you are still with me, please accept my humble apology, for I have not shown you the truth of Heart Life as I have known it. You've heard of damp tunnels, food shortages, and violence, and I am no fool, I know. The grinding bureaucracy of the company can seem cold and unfeeling, but that is not the heart life I have known. When the earth warmed, flooded, then froze over into a new anthropogenic ice age, Heart life stood as a redoubtable bulwark against the cold, lonely tundra. When the old civilization descended into lawless chaos, heart life sheltered the weak. When the land ceased to bear fruit, it was heart life that produced the life-giving algae that would sustain us. Without heart life, we would be extinct. For those early survivors of the collapse, heart life was a beacon of hope. When humanity's end seemed imminent, heart life stood between us and oblivion. It is a sorry shame that you have seen the company in its darkest days, but while heart life may not have earned your love, it has certainly earned your gratitude. It is the reason you exist. Heart life deserves to exist as well. The company has earned that right a thousand times over, yet here I sit in an empty, dilapidated tower, abandoned by all who lived here, and I am no closer to understanding why. Listen with me. A little longer. Perhaps we will learn of Heart Life's fate 
For if the company has truly ceased to be, it deserves at least to live on in our memories. That is my department, after all. Monty's dead. Ah. He wanted it this way, Herbert. I know. You all made that abundantly clear. It's just so unnecessary. Death, I mean. You're going to miss him. I always thought we'd be pen pals one day. We'd exchange Christmas cards, I thought. So few others still remember Christmas anymore. I think you should. Lomi can deliver them to him wherever he's laid to rest. I think he'd like that. That's not very scientific. Liking something is an electrochemical reaction in the brain which Monty is no longer capable of. What I really mean, Herbert, is that I think you'd like that. It'll help you to remember him. You know, I think I would. Hello. Dr. West, Mrs. Rourke, our labor just had. I'm so sorry for your loss. And we're sorry for yours. He was special to all mole people. That's why I'm here, in fact. We'd like to have his remains for a neo-traditional mole person burial ceremony. I'm not sure what his wishes were, Herbert. I can think of nothing more fitting. Please, though, are outsiders welcome? You will be most welcome, sir. And all of Dr. Morrow's family. I'll send the word around. Tomorrow, then, at start of shift. The Q-Deck Concourse. Q-Deck. Q-Deck. Ah! Engineered to be obedient servants to the humans above. But though he created us to be slaves, Montgomery Morrow engineered us to think as well as serve. The spark of independence he gave us so many centuries ago has finally been fanned into flame. Today, we honour our creator, flawed though he may be, Please join me now in singing the traditional mole person funeral hymn. We feed the worms that feed our pups. Please. 
You're going to miss him, aren't you? He was a... a respected colleague. I'm going to miss him, too. What are you doing? I'm, I'm patting your shoulder. It's supposed to be comforting. Fine. You may continue. But only for a minute. Okay. Listen, Snidge. I was going to wait for a more appropriate moment, but I suppose now is as good a time as any. With Dr. Morrow's passing and all the change that's happened, the city is going to need trained scientists and engineers. We need a whole new way to grow and process food, analyze weather patterns, engineer crops. We even need to relearn how to design buildings. No one has had to design an above-ground, freestanding structure in hundreds of years. We're reinventing civilization from scratch. I'd like your help. You take me as one of your students? What? No. Andrew, you've been learning for years now. You are a trained scientist. Wow. Don't let it go to your head. I'm only saying that you are no longer completely incompetent. Thank you. I'm starting a school, a university. The first one to exist outside of Heartlife's training programs. Would you be interested in... Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but... Would you be interested in a teaching position? Really? Shh! It's a funeral for Pete's sake. Oh, sorry! Sorry! Really? Yes. I was thinking, given your time working with Dr. West, that you could join the Applied Physics Department. Wow! Yes! It's what I've always dreamed of! My students will call me Mr. Snidge, and I'll say, call me Andrew, but they won't. This is a university, not a primary school. They will call you Professor. Or Dr. Snidge. But I'm not a doctor. Fine. Thesis defense begins now. Did you assist in building a self-sustaining fusion reactor? Yes. Correct. And did you help design and build the Hope of Heart Life? Yes, with Cassie. Yes, correct. And have you, on numerous occasions, used applied science and engineering to save lives and subvert the existing power structure? I guess. Partial credit. The correct answer was yes. Fine, then. With two and a half out of three correct answers, your thesis is accepted. By the power vested in me by the University of New Hartford and my superior knowledge of the sciences, I hereby confer upon you the honorary degree of Doctor of Science, with all the rights and privileges thereto appertaining. So help me, if your exams are as easy as this one, I will have your head on a platter, and I'll forbid Herbert from affixing it with robot legs. Congratulations, Doctor. Does this make us colleagues? Absolutely not. <clears throat> Dr. Montgomery Morrow began his career before Hartlife's evolution from a private company into a largely subterranean totalitarian corporate city-state. Dr. Montgomery Morrow was a brilliant mathematician. Most of his earliest successes were due to his adroitness with applied computer modeling. Through clever code, Dr. Morrow was able to reduce the problem of modeling complex protein interactions to a ninth-order Markov chain, thereby enabling contemporary computers to predict the effects of various gene manipulations. Dr. Montgomery Morrow was a brilliant geneticist. 
His creation of a new artificial protein to serve as a versatile plasmid vector for genetic manipulation allowed him to put his computer models into action. He created you, the mole people, and he was even able to manipulate your personalities. You were to be subservient in the extreme. But he also encoded the potential for an epigenetic shift in that personality so that over time you might fully realize your potential. <laughs> Epigenetics is a fascinating field of study, actually. If I could digress for just a moment... <laughs> right. Of course. Dr. Montgomery Morrow was a good friend. He let me call him Monty. Although I suspect he hated it. And he taught me something about death. A subject I thought I'd long since mastered. He taught me that... He taught me that sometimes death is not a waste. Because it's... It's not an end to all things. Only to some. Without your creator, you more people will find new strength within yourselves, and achieve great things. Monty was ashamed of many of the things he had done in life, but of you today, I know he would be proud. Thank you, Dr. West. Dr. Morrow's body has been prepared for our newly established traditional mole person burial, in which the deceased is roasted and ground into coffee to be scattered, composted or drunk as their loved ones see fit. If the gathered mourners would form a line, each will receive a small sachet of Dr. Morrow's grounds. Let us honour our creator and return him to the earth he designed us to dig. May his earthy remains nourish the worms that, in turn, nourish us. Herbert, that was lovely. E Elizabeth, I've been thinking about something, and I need to know if you approve. You've never needed my permission before. Uh, uh, this time... This time, I think I do. Monty's gone now. Emily's got a university to run, and Andrew seems more than ready to flourish on his own. I was thinking, perhaps it was time to move on. What are you asking me? Come away with me, Elizabeth. Just the two of us. There's a damn fine world out there we could explore together. Yes. Really? I've never been more than a few miles away from this very spot. I didn't think anything really existed out there. But now I know that's not true. <gasps> Wonderful! Uh, uh, what about Andrew? Do you think he'll be alright? We could start daily dissections! I have mapped all the places in the dead disposal sites. I already regret this decision. Oh, wait, Dr. C! What book should I assign? He'll be fine. So then, just you and me, where should we go? Anywhere. Everywhere. I've heard wonderful things about Chicago. Okay.
six o'clock. Is it far? Some 1,400 kilometers in mm, that direction. We'll have to cross the Appalachians. I don't know what that is, but I can't wait to find out. To new beginnings. New beginnings. What? Where's the rest? Why? Why did you stop recording? Entry was manually switched off from here. But, aha! Now, let's see what happened. Dr. Z, where'd you go? Oh, what are you doing? Turning it off. What? What? Why? Partially because this is a fresh start for all of us. Whatever happens, we need, we deserve, the opportunity to build our future without any of this hanging over us. Partially as a matter of trust. We need to show everyone that things are different. We are different. And we won't make the same mistakes that we did before. But mostly, because it is a colossal waste of power and resources. Care to do the honors? Yes. No! The tapes! There are more tapes! There must be something on them! Shit! No! Hard life cannot simply cease to be with its last days unheard, unremembered. It cannot end in silence. After the months to get here, the years in exile, there must be answers! There must! There must! <sighs> there must! My work, my glorious histories, how can I fail now at the very end? Heart life does not make mistakes. I am to blame. If my failure is responsible for Heart Life's memory slipping away, forgotten in this chaotic new world, can it be that Heart Life finally ends not at the hands of some outsider or subversive liminal, but by my own inadequacy? <coughs> 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 But why then am I condemned to failure? Heart life leaves nothing to chance. The company knew my abilities, my shortcomings. How could they leave me in this position with no hope of success? Could it be their fault? The vice presidents, the managers, the workers, they left after all. They are the failures. They are to blame for abandoning their posts. They took the easy way of self-preservation, of self-determination, rather than staying true to the company. But I am here. I remain at my post, even... <coughs> unto death. It won't be long now. My leg and the cough... 
but I choose to remain at my post. As any loyal policy would. As... As... As they knew I would. They knew I'd come back here to my old control booth. Why? Is there something here I was supposed to find? There must be something here for me. An audio recording with new orders. A, a button to wake the directors from a hidden cryo chamber. A, a blasted sticky note. Something! Perhaps the company was meant to fall. But why, then? What was it all for, unless... Unless all this was so that Heartlife would be remembered. Remembered and resurrected by you, faithful listeners. I had thought, hoped, that the glorious task of rebuilding the company would fall to me. But I see now that my burden is to die here, passing the torch to you. All I have are my tapes, an empty tower, and the wind. They are all that heart life has given me, and so are all that I shall ever need. But you, my listener, you need more. You need the glory of heart life once more. You must consume until the earth itself rebels against you. You must build systems to organize your society and preserve your way of life. And you must value those systems above all else. It is through the company that we will all gain purpose. Nothing else matters. That is how Heart Life was built, and it can be again through it, through you. The story of our fair city can continue, will continue, must continue. So listen and... It can't be.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.